could never tell what country he was from in that movie. Blood sport where he like looks at the camp. Little Irish dude walking around. Doesn't sound like that's going to go too well. Volume 2, that's the best spaceships of all time. He-Man's powers. It does come with its own castle. And he dies in the first yeah. Oh no, sir. He's in the entire film. Sit back, get your popcorn, and uh, enjoy your note taking on that epic film. Well. All right. Uh, we're not live this week no. uh we are we are reco- we are recorded this week welcome to another episode episode number 28 of the shadow crew podcast on the shadow nose network uh as you can see we are missing one of the four mr chat maddox has joined kevin smith and the team on the uh jay and silent bob cruise or whatever the hell it's called so I'm sure we'll have tons of video and content uh, for future channels uh, as chat mingles with uh, with the crew. But I'm excited to be here. We are not live. We will be back live uh, next week, 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on the Shadow Nose Network, multi-streaming. But thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, first off, there's a couple of updates uh, that we want to talk through. Uh, but at the end uh, of this stream, uh, will be another best of series, or should I say worst of series, or it should just be uh, the most epic encounter uh, in action movie history. And that will be Jean-Claude Van Damme versus Steven Seagal, who had the best film between them, and then who had the worst series of films we're gonna jump right into it but uh how's everyone doing i'm uh dialing in remote i'm not at the home arcade this evening but i was so excited about this topic i had to patch in uh because i'm i'm a big fan of steven seagal and jean-claude van damme um i'm a i love diving into the discount bins at walmart uh a huge fan so what do you all think about uh the best of and how's the week been so far yeah, well, you can get the entire Seagal collection for about twenty dollars. I think <laughs> every film, yeah, and that's a uh, Blu-ray <laughs> right there. It's like there's spirit, no expense, and everything. You know, uh, well, you know, hey, I was uh, I was bummed out. I remember I was talking to uh, uh, Chet as he was willing to deal on the boat. He's like, I think I could do it, and then as you see the technical difficulties, it's like it'll be the three of us tonight. <laughs> um, well, I will say. Uh, it's the only time you could go to the Goodwill and they donate DVDs to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, Steven Seagal and JVCD. Or, uh, but there's some good movies in there, so I'm excited to get into that. But first off, uh, some hot topics of the evening. 
uh, some news that happened. First off, I, I think we all know that the physical media uh, is is dying. It is it is dead in a lot of cases. We've talked about this on previous uh, casts. Uh, Best Buy, I think, has announced finally there are no more physical a- uh, assets in their locations, which is crazy. So you can't even really find. I think Walmart or Target might be the last of the bunch to, to have any form of physical media. But the latest update was that Disney and Sony signed a deal where Sony will take over all physical media for Disney, which is an interesting move. So I guess the, the question is, like, what do you think's behind it? Is this Disney just basically pawning this off to Sony and saying, hey, we don't want to deal with it anymore? Or is there more to this strategy? So let's start with that. I, I think there's more to the strategy. First of all, it kind of like in the it kind of goes in the same way the toy market's kind of done things where some of the bigger companies are farming out their work to the smaller companies and they're willing to not take the risk on it. And the smaller companies are like if it if everything goes good, then they're fine. Sony, you know, look, we know that out of like several Hollywood studios, Sony's ranking near the bottom. Uh their release windows have been terrible. They have destroyed the Spider-Verse. And they've only done that. They only took them two films to do that. We still got a couple more coming. Uh, I think Sony needs this because uh, other than Sony being on Netflix, that's the only relevance that they have. So as a business model, you know, it's it's a smart deal for them. It's a smart deal for Disney. Um, there's a point where I think physical media is going to make a, a bounce back only because right now when you look at the market, people are starting to be turned away from streaming. Initially, streaming was catch-all. Everything's going to be there. If you have Disney+, Plus, every movie that you've ever wanted to see will be at your hands. And now, oh, because of due to the strikes and everything else that's popped up and COVID, um, now it seems like the streamings aren't making as much revenue. And the old model of, like, you know, we'll put some movies on HBO, we'll put some movies over on this channel, we'll put some movies on this streaming channel. That's how they've been able to make their revenue. So I think, and also Disney is very keen to one thing. I think this is a a way to sneak them in to see if they can get somehow the rights back to Spider-Man. I think they're playing a nice with Sony. And I think there's got to be something because like Disney is not doing this out of the kindness of their own heart, but I'm sure this deal is somehow leveraged at one point or another. Hey, we could probably retain the rights back to Spider-Man because Like Fox, that's the end all be all of the game, man. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Sony doesn't have nearly the library that Disney does. Sony titles, physical, are not going to sell as well as Disney titles. So it's a immediate win for them, you know. Um, second of all, it seems stupid since they just came out like two or three years ago with the 4K uh you know you have to buy another uh blu-ray player this one is Mm -hmm. 4k and you have to get a special tv for it as well but if they stop making 4k discs then no one's gonna buy the player and no one's gonna buy the tv maybe they'll buy the tv but you know they're they're cutting out part of their entire business it seems kind of stupid to me especially since they just started it and you were right about streaming, right? If you uh, liked Willow, well, you can't watch that on Disney anymore. They got rid of it. Uh, if you know, 
uh, all these particular things. If you actually like something, mm -hmm. you can go and buy it and have it forever and not at the whim of, oh, well, you know, Max doesn't want to carry this anymore and they're going to cut off a couple million dollars uh, on their mm -hmm. taxes and just not have it available. So, And I thought that yeah. the, the one thing, too, I was debating this with someone else early in the day is that at one point, you know, physical media, I remember like, you know, people having like a wall full of like, you know, DVDs or Blu-rays and everything else. And I think streaming had made it so convenient because it's now it's like, oh, my library's digital now. I don't have to worry about it or I could pay for the service. But now, you know, people are pulling out those old DVDs they put in storage and because uh, you, you can't watch certain things anymore. You know, you don't have access to it. So I think the streamers have done something to to help the industry in a way, but also jog it back to a later and earlier point, because I do think if you're going to, it's going to be some obscure program that you're not going to see again, that you're going to want to have the DVDs to. So I, I think it's smart for uh, Sony to build this back up. And I wouldn't be surprised if other companies started to do that as well. Well, I, I just, I just stumbled across this issue because uh, over the over the weekend, I wanted to watch the uh, the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Uh, by the way, that animation is really cool. Uh, I gotta say, yes. I know a lot of people like a lot of people are you know, uh, it's not the original TNT, and they replaced some of the characters with different. But the animation style was like next level. I really appreciate it. Like, like Spider Verse is, but yes, yeah, own version of it. It was unique. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, I was I was like oh you know I remember watching this on uh, on uh, NBC what's the is a Pe Peacock so I was like oh let me, let me pull it up and I'm like where the where the hell did it go and it's like, and not not available anymore so I'm like well what the heck so then like I search on the Apple TV and it's like you could rent or buy I'm like well I don't want to rent this and I I don't want to buy like if I'm gonna buy something again it goes like it could disappear like I want the the physical thing mm -hmm. so then. I tracked it down on Paramount Plus and we watched it there. But again, it goes back to like these things jump around mm -hmm. from streaming service to streaming service. And it was just like that kind of movie I would have just bought. And it would have probably been some cool, some inserts, of like a little box set, like mm -hmm. where I could just grab it, pop it in. Um, you know, the similar to, to the vinyl records that people have mm -hmm. collected mm -hmm. over the past 15, 20 years. Like, I hope that there is a revolution of digital assets in there reproduced to some capacity because i do mix and you know a couple casting we talked about it some of the cool box sets i've got mm -hmm. uh, some of the old dvds and blu-ray stuff i still have because it's just you can't get it anymore i got i got the back to the future collection on blu-ray i've got mm -hmm. like the godfather like mm -hmm. that's just it's like something tangible so um i think it's a big mistake i don't know what the intentions here with sony or disney are going to be but at the end of the day we know like physical media uh, it's been sunset, and hopefully it makes its return. Um, but I'm just tired of trying to find where, what service it's going to be on. Netflix drops Absolutely. it, and now it's on Hulu, and then Hulu dumps it. And, like, what the hell, man? Like, it's just ridiculous. So um, I, I loved the uh, extras, all yes. the behind-the-scenes stuff. They yes. had little documentaries, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and there was cool things and, you know, different ones. Like, some even have the script. Some mm -hmm. have, you know, promotional photos and uh, all the deleted scenes. So, you know, you're just missing out on a bunch of stuff. And if you really like a movie, that's something that you're interested in. At least mm -hmm. I yep. was, you know. Yep. Yeah. I, I just recently, as an arcade collector, just got 
you all know, the Terminator 2 old school retro arcade. And as a feature in the arcade, they have uh, the extras and behind the scene footage of the movie itself. Okay. And so I literally pulled up a stool and watched that. And it was like so cool to mm-hmm. see like how the making of. So to your point, Dr. Brantley, that's something that's like missed. But I was like literally watching that thing for 15 minutes of like how they made like Liquid Terminator and like, mm-hmm. you know, the production and just it's those are the cool things. So I hope it changes. But right now, like streaming is super accessible. You know, I'm on the road so I can pop open a, you know my laptop and watch anything. So I do appreciate the convenience. Mm-hmm. But there should be a balance for sure. Absolutely. Um, speak. Speaking of content, um, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 has been released recently on Disney+. And so we've talked about, you know, animation seemed to be heading in a more positive direction with the the likes of the Star Wars universe, Marvel universe, you know, DC. Like, so uh, it, it was it was really highly rated the first two seasons. I don't know if you have watched season three. There's a couple of episodes that have been released, but uh, your thoughts thus far on season three? I don't know. Is this the final season? Have they said it is, that? Yeah. It, it is the is. final season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on uh, the first couple of episodes? Is it hold true to the series? Is it still you know what people have said? Has it been pretty solid overall for a uh, Star Wars franchise? Well, first of all, I'll give them credit for they dropped the fir- three episodes uh, on Wednesday, and uh, it's a fifteen episode season. So, if you're going to tell a story, you know at least you're going to get to actually there, there shouldn't be anything left out on it because when it's eight episodes, you know you've got to cut to the meat and potatoes and get rid of this. They can should be able to tie up all loose ends with fifteen total episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, animation's fantastic. You know, Dave Filoni and the teams of animators over there know what they're doing. Uh, the writing on this has been, look, I thought the writing on, on the first season uh, was a slow burn into it. Second season took off extremely well. And I was not expecting a cliffhanger at the end of the second season. And it kind of resolved that in a good way in the first three episodes. So they don't linger. It moves kind of quick. You get to see characters moving back and forth. And uh, there's a couple of surprises that I did not expect to see and a couple of um, throwbacks and also throw forwards to the last uh, sequels that they did, because there's a plot point in there that developed into that. There's a plot point that developed from The Mandalorian. There's a plot point that developed from the original trilogy and The Clone Wars. So they did a good job of tying all this together in a middle part of an actual series. So I think it's going to branch out well. And, um, you know, and I'm looking forward to what's the next piece of major animation, because while they might be done with this, you know, there's probably going to be something else we're going to develop that we, they're probably already working on. Yeah. I'm still catching up on season two. Um, but because, uh, of what I've seen of season three, uh, I'm interested in getting to that point because uh, they did show that it was like the emperor and his guards and shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we're getting into some serious stuff. I- I'll check it out. Yeah, they did a lot of like Star Wars lore, you know, things that we hadn't really seen, you know, and like the, the Clone Wars itself. You know, this is truly at the, you know, thrust of the, you know, uh, Mandalorian stage and between the, 
the two of them and you kind of see where things are going and you're like wow like you know it's 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 amazing but the animation and the writing and of course the voice actors are all fantastic you know there's there's so many great characters they've written and the animated universe i i think is almost eclipsing the live action universe to a certain extent because there's so many vivid characters and things that move from animation to live action and again you're wondering what's the fate going to be of the bad batch are are we going to see these characters in live action format or do they make it you know it's 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 a tense third season so they've done a great job on this one right now you know i wonder if there's something to because i think the the problem has been in a lot of cases where actors that are uh, surrounded by green screens find it very difficult to produce quality acting especially if you're interacting with a lot of like cgi visual effects like characters that don't exist you're talking to a dummy or you know you're talking to somebody who inevitably will be an alien but it seems to be with a lot of the animation the acting is really good the voice actors and yet they're reading from a script they may be in the same room but like I wonder why the difference in that, why there isn't as much of like, geez, that's some, some bad, like versus, you know, doing that. There, there's gotta be something to that, especially well, when it comes to some of the really great animation. I think they're just used to it. Right. Cause that's all they've ever known is yeah, this is right. my job yeah. is sitting in a room and reading the script and giving it emotion. Whereas if you're an actor, it's like, I'm on the stage, I'm, you know, mm. interacting with another character mm -hmm. and I can work off of their emotion. Uh, if you've seen uh, poor Ian McKellen, like on the first Lord of the Rings, <laughs> he is doing fine and he loves it working with actual actors and they did it with forced perspective. And then in the Hobbit movies, he was on a green screen and alone so that they could put all these other guys in and shrink them and he just didn't know what the hell was going on he's just like oh what what is uh, uh, uh leave me alone for a minute <laughs> well you've got you know also too you know an actor of ian McKellen's status he's done it for so many years one dimensional and then they you know you go into this all new digital age of things and i've I'm sure that the acting, the one thing about animation is you do have the other actors and if they're doing it like the 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 collaboratorial version, because sometimes there's certain people that are just in the room and they're in voice in the house and they do it and they do the lines and then there's somewhere they're all in the studio together. And I think the Disney features are mostly all encircled or the characters are all interacting. And um, I've seen some of the behind the scenes of those. And there's actors moving about and actually really giving performances. And you can kind of feed off that compared to, again, somebody talking to like, you know, tennis balls and they're stuck there. You know, interaction is the key. And also they just they didn't go out and just get actors that were just Hollywood actors. They got character actors that had been in animation. So, you know, they had some years to practice and work on their crafts. So, you know, but you, you got to give them credit uh 15 episodes is like again when i knew i said well there's no way we should be left wondering this should hit us where you've got the time to write and truly phase out these characters and you know again you're, you're just wondering what the ride's going to be but it was it's fantastic they had throwbacks to certain characters that we saw in the prequels so you know it, it's it's very interesting how they did this season so it's it's very good and i, I like again the the emperor showing up is 
one of the highlights because every time he does show up, it's like it's kind of like an epic scenario. And they just they did it again, and it's just another mm-hmm. great surprise. Yeah. Well, uh, continue. It's getting some really great Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Uh, a couple of uh, episodes in, so pretty consistent with the the overall theme of the the general series. So. For those of you who haven't checked it out and you're interested in animation, or maybe you're not into animation, but maybe this is a, a really great uh, stepping uh, stone to further discovering some really great animation, uh, here you go. Um, but it is now time, gentlemen, for our best of or worst of series of the evening. Yeah, this is where Are the best of series collide with our box office graveyard <laughs> that's right um for those of you who are listening or viewing please like subscribe it helps the channel grow um so please do that uh you know this is fun for us but we like presenting our thoughts and ideas drop us a comment if you'd like to see any additional best of series uh on the channel uh exclusively here on the shadow Nose Network. So uh, to recap again, it's a 32 bracket, 32 movies, 16 Jean-Claude Van Damme and 16 Steven Seagal. Now we know there are more than just 16 movies from each of those actors. We tried to select Mm -hmm. the best of because there's a lot of straight DVD and garbage. Not to say that what we are going to discuss today is not garbage either. Mm Uh, we will narrow down the field to the best movie between them and then also do a recap. And I think it'll organically be told of who's got the better films and who has the worst films. So now, without now let further ado, yes. now, let, me, let, me, let me just pose this one question to you. If an actor was in a movie for only five to ten minutes, does that count as a total appearance in the film, right? Well, I did leave off uh, the, uh, the the most iconic uh, Steven Seagal film because that is not a Steven Seagal film. That is <laughs> oh, a Kurt Russell. That is yeah. a Kurt Russell film. So I was just, that did not because because you no. say he's in a better film, you kind of you kind of putting Seagal at a disadvantage because you know, no, obviously. no, he that was not a part of so Steven Seagal movie. It has been banned. Okay, just it has been banned. Best of Kurt, the best of Kurt Russell, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, so let's proceed with our first matchup, and it is Above the Law versus Legionnaire. So we're picking the best of the two. Um, I mean, I, I uh, this one's well, above the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just a legionnaire. I, I don't I, even I, know what to say. This is not even one where we even need the, the rod tomatoes or anything else no. like that. If there's anything you can stomach. It's above the law, but Legionnaire was terrible. <laughs> was like, terrible. Hey, can we name this after a disease? <laughs> oh, Legionnaires, how about that? Yeah. Yeah, and Above the Law is like a really good cheesy 80s it action is. flick. Over the top, good action sequences. Look, if he doesn't uh, have Above the Law, I don't know if he's still eating today, brother. <laughs> was that first or was Out for Justice first? I uh, think it was uh, Alfred Justice, and I think it was Above the Law was his second film. Yeah, because I mean, he came out strong. He did. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and then after a couple more, he went right off the edge. Mm. 
It's funny, his hairline improved as his movies got worse. Yes. Uh, so I don't I don't understand how that all worked. But uh, uh, next up is Van Damme, the infamous hard target. Uh, so for those of you who uh, have seen our intro where he punches the, the cobra, that is from that movie. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I've never seen The Patriot. Um, I thought well, Mel Gibson did this film, but maybe this is the alternate version with Steven Seagal. No, I, like, I've seen I've seen this one. That would be <laughs> hilarious. Just do the Patriot as it is, yeah. but replace yeah. Mel Gibson with Steven Seagal. Well, I'm yeah, sure I an mean, executive would probably do that. You know, uh, yeah, this one's hard target. Yeah, is it's this is a fairly easy one. These are going to be either extremely easy or extremely difficult. I think uh, I think what, when he filmed this movie, they were like, "What what do you what poster do you envision?" Exactly. Like, yeah. I want you to take like dances with the dances with exactly. wolves and kind of make me like a Kevin Costner look. And they were like, that's "Okay, exactly, we got it." That's exactly but the vibe. My like face needs to be three fourths of the yeah. poster, though. Exactly. Yeah, because you almost can't even tell what's going on at the bottom of the thing, man. For God's sake. Well, the title is smaller than his name. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> Okay, oh, this is a oh boy. <laughs> this is another easy one. And yes, I have seen both of these. And wow, you know, and, and I don't even know how John Claude Van Damme got wrapped up with this movie because you know it's harder to find somebody that equally cannot act worse than him in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he found that. And if I believe there's another movie with Rob Snyder and him in it, and it's like wow, but this one's on Deadly Grounds, it's the better film. Steven Seagal is. Oh, Steven Seagal's, you know, he, he might be climbing up the ladder here. <laughs> well, I will and, say, yeah, uh, Michael, Mike, Michael Caine. Yep, yep, Michael Caine. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. A good bad guy, as bad as it is, it's better than Double Team. <laughs> also, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this the, the next film after Under Siege? I think it was it on might Deadly Ground. Because this is when, was... uh, because, again, uh, my company <laughs> did work no. on the trailer for this. Yeah. But there is hope. And now, he's here. Steven Seagal is on deadly ground. Now this land has a friend. In you, I've seen a great spirit. These people have a warrior. Did you beat up on this little native man? And this corporation... Find me a buddy or find me the man. ...has a big problem. And the whole thing was he wanted to do his thing, you know, so they let him have a bunch of control on the movie about what it was going to be about. It's like, I want to do something about the environment. You're going to save the environment with a shotgun. Okay. <laughs> Isn't this where yeah. he want, like he d decided he was going to be native American in this. Movie exactly. Yes. Wearing, like, yes the, that was... With the tassels yes. and like all of a sudden he like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. But still better than Dennis Rodman. Yes. <laughs> way better. Way better. Uh, okay. Next well, one we this, have. This is going to be a hard one. Exit wounds no, no, no. Universal this, is, this is the easier one, brother. This is the easy one because Universal Soldier is a much more enjoyable film. And while, you know, again, you know, no qualms to the great DMX and everything else like that, but he is superiorly better than, uh, <laughs> than uh, Steven Seagal in that movie. But you know, Dolph Lundgren's, uh, I think, major return to action films. And uh, it has, 
you know, it was almost Universal Soldiers, almost a comic book movie to a certain extent. You would think it would be based off a graphic novel or something because it's 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 extreme, but it works. So this is one of uh, John Claude's better films, and spawned a franchise. They did, did. Like four or five of these. Yeah, they did, and I think he comes back for I, I think uh, two more sequels, if I'm not mistaken. I know he's in one major. I think he does a appearance in another one. This was technically uh, John Claude Van Damme's. Uh, Fast and Furious kind of thing. This was his. I think this is the only franchise, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they should I have made more time cops, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say though, um, this was the first time that Steven Seagal uh, went blended into like the hip hop like scene because yes. he did a lot of other movies with other rap rap hip hop stars. So. This is a tough one for me because Universal Soldier, the th- the theme was good, but the movie was not good in my opinion. Um, I'm kind of on the fence between these two, to be honest with you. I think uh, the concept in Universal Soldier was better, but I don't know if it was a better film. But if you all think Universal Soldier is better, two against I, two against one. I, I think on this one again, um, you know, we could we could. Uh, check the uh, Rotten Tomato scores, but you know I think Universal Soldier just because it was a better storyline and like you know you had a, um, a you know John Connor Van Damme did a pretty good acting in this movie as well. Not to say that Excellent is also not equally one of Steven Seagal's finer outings, uh, but the fight scene between Dolph Lundgren and uh, John Connor Van Damme there was there was some really good material there, so. That's why I said overall story wise, I thought Universal Soldier had a better story than Exit Wounds had. The Rotten Tomatoes are, are equal; they're about thirty three mm. and thirty four percent. I never so. thought we'd see an equal on that one. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor Brantley, I guess you, you, it's up to you, sir. Well, I did see Exit Wounds in a theater, yeah, but it's Universal Soldier. Okay, Universal Soldier. Next up, sudden death versus fire down below. Yeah, uh, this was tough because both of these were pieces of crap. <laughs> I saw wow. sudden death. I saw sudden death in the theaters, the hockey one. Yeah, and I actually uh, liked the the concept. Was cool. It was like die hard in a hockey arena a bit. So I think it was one, in my opinion, Van Damme's more like better films, not his best. Yeah, but um, I've seen that concept several times though. I think there was also it was in, not in the hockey in, ring. Uh, well, <laughs> but stadium wise, because there's there's Snake Eyes with uh, Nicolas Cage. That was a Brian De Palma film, and that was about a boxing match in some major arena. And then I know years later, uh, Jackie Chan did one that was also in some kind of arena. But those were both after this, though. Well, true, right? true. It's just yeah. like, the concept. Well, I'm pretty sure we could find the concept before. I think it, yeah. any given Sunday or something like, or no, what was. No, there was another. There's one about the Super Bowl that there was a big heist or something. So I've seen that before. Um, but yeah, you convinced me, Chris. Oh. I think John Claude's acting was a tad bit better than Fire Down. I thought it was. I thought it was good. It was like yeah, a. It I was mean, like very diehard. This is Peter Himes uh, yeah. directed this, and I really like most of his movies. Um, he did uh, Running Scared with Gregory Hines and Billy mm-hmm. Crystal. Uh, he did uh, 
2010, which uh, is an underrated sequel to 2001. It it's a very different movie, mm -hmm. but it's a hard science fiction movie. So he did all these, you know, going from genre to genre, trying different things. And uh, I do think it's one of Van Damme's better ones. Yeah, yeah. I remember I uh, he beats the shit out of like the mascot. That was one of the things, like, yeah. like the, the bathroom, like the penguin or something, because it was actually like, the Pittsburgh penguin. So um yeah. yeah i think sudden death wins this one mm -hmm. all right next up out for justice versus the quest this one's an easy one because boy like i said again i i knew as we were picking the subject that this because i know this all started with a joke that chet and i came up with but i knew this was going to be either good or bad and the quest is hands down one of john claude van damme's strangest action films because it's i i don't know what to make of it it's more like enter the dragon and some form of mysticism involved it is just, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's like way out there but alfred justice is equally this is one of those films where you know i remember people were like who is the guy that's in this movie like that like again it's this and above the law if he doesn't make these two films he doesn't have a career in hollywood yeah, I like it. Was that scene, the bar scene, where he's like, I'm looking for uh, anybody seen Nico? Or, yeah, where's Nico? And then he, like, breaks everyone's hands and yeah. like, takes a – like, that's an iconic thing. And this was, I think, the first one, um, mm -hmm. one of his best. So, for me, it's easy uh, for justice. Definitely. Dr. Brantley, do you agree? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Next is The Glimmer Man versus Death War. <laughs> Whoa, this is Glimmer Man is awful. I don't know what's going on with his computer tonight, or it could be um, the internet. It could be Steven Seagal, like, listen, it could be, be known, yeah, you shut him off and everything. Because as soon as he said the Glimmer Man's awful, yeah. Steven Seagal's people what? disconnected you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Russian trolls are uh, <laughs> trying to make sure this never gets out. Okay. I don't remember Death Warrant. I, I'm trying to remember what, like, was he in prison or something? I don't I remember this one. Yeah, it was kind of forgettable. Glimmer Man, you know, the funny aspect about this, too, is that uh, it, this one has Keenan Ivy ways, but he was also going the downward spiral of his career because there was a certain point where he was on a high and then it started getting down to the mediocre films and i think this is the way they thought well we could save two things hey you know it worked before let's do this again uh it's you oh. could watch glitter man you could sit through it at least you know uh death warrant he goes undercover in a prison yeah this mm. was written by david goyer while he was still <laughs> a film student at usc yeah, that wow. makes sense. But yeah, the Glimmer Man, Glimmer was, Man really was so bad that yeah. I, I'm going to have to go with Death Warrant. <laughs> really? Wow. Like, Glimmer Man was bad, but I could sit through it again. Uh, mm. Death Warrant, I saw it once. It was forgettable. Um, I don't want to see either of them again. Well, yeah, well, that's just true. But, Isn't it funny uh, that I like I don't remember Death Warrant, but like Glimmer, I remember Glimmer Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you remember, but Glimmer Man, Man was really, but Glimmer Man was terrible, partly because they got the the wrong Wayans brother in it. That's the. Point I think so. It, it should have been so. Damon Wayans to begin mm -hmm. with. Um, I will give you credit on that one. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, like, yeah, this mm. is when Keenan was trying to be an action star because mm-hmm. he did this, the low down, dirty shame, mm-hmm. a couple of those movies, yeah. and uh, it didn't work gonna, out so well. I mean, I'm only going to, like, because I got to say, Glimmerman was so bad, like, Death Warrant for me. It was just, it wasn't was it? good. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, it wasn't. We'll, we'll, we'll roll it. We'll roll it. This one, this is just no argument that could be made for either of these. So this is okay. an interesting one. Do you all remember No Retreat, No Surrender? I do where remember Van, that. Where Van Damme played the mm-hmm. Russian bad guy? Like, mm-hmm. this was his first really, like, one of his first films. And he was actually well, really good. I mean, That's, that's you know. technically inaccurate. He was in another major Hollywood blockbuster before this. Uh, but they eventually uh, wrote him out, and that was Predator. This is on the second part of this uh, uh, tour, but no, you know what? Even though uh, you know it's such a disappointment from the first film, because if a Steven Seagal has a let's say a la perfect film, it's Under Siege. I remember going to the theater thinking, "Wow, Under Siege Two is gonna," but I'm like, "A train? Well, okay, let's let's see how this works," and it just did not yeah, and work. What was it? Eric Bogosian was the bad guy yeah, in that one. It's yeah. like you, you had Tommy Lee, Jones Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey in the first one. Yep. And uh the hot girl. I forget her name. Yeah. Uh right. But Under Siege 2 was awful. Also, did the trailer. The cook from Under Siege is back. I'm not even a good cook, but there are some things I'm good at. Yeah, I, knew, yeah, I, knew. I, I fucking knew it. I just yeah. I knew it. <laughs> you you were it. responsible. <laughs> we're gonna have to start having the editor like cut into like like an actual scorecard on the top of the keys. It's like one for like Julia worked on, two for Julia worked on. Like, this is how you know. This poster rivals Catwoman as far as the worst poster in cinematic yeah. history. I will yeah. also say, did did any did you all see this in the theater? Yes. No. I, okay. I saw it at so, work, and that was too much. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I saw, I saw this in the theater, and the, the scene where he's running as the train is, like, exploding and, like, folding into, like, and he's running, like, you know, with, the like, his hands flailing, like, the cigar <laughs> in slow motion. It was supposed to be this iconic thing, and there was two guys in the very front of the theater, and they would be laughing. They must have been, like, so high. And they were laughing the entire time this was happening, which ruined it for everybody else in the theater, but made it so good because that was so memorable. You have to see that scene. Like he thinks he's Tom Cruise running and it's just so ridiculous. So saying that uh no I'm retreat a... no surrender is uh advancing yes. even yeah. though i haven't seen it i know it's better no, than I... under siege too <laughs> well let's wait 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 let's 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 um let's run let's run tomato, tomato just let's run well 
I got to think the other Chiefs 2 has got to have a yeah. pretty blow score. Look, this has got to be next to Speed 2, one of the worst sequels ever made. And maybe yeah. that should be one uh, of our... Unfortunately, uh, wow. Keanu Reeves didn't walk out, uh, didn't come back for that movie. And Steven Seagal chose to do this. That's the worst part about it. Now, they would have gotten a replacement for him. I could put it on Speed 2 level. But no, he goes to all level. He showed up for this. So no retreat, no surrender. Got eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but I will say it's a bit yeah. cheating because Van Damme is not like the star, the guy. Of course, it's, but you know it counts and way better than Under Siege at uh, you know below thirty percent. Oh whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. there we go. Well, well, well. Let me go back. Sorry. Let me go back. Well, listen again. All right, everyone. Technical All difficulty. Right. Hey, um, that's the about this. Hold on. Because Chet's on. not here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, would okay. go smooth otherwise. Yeah. Chet's blowing it. Now we are on the, the left side of the bracket. We hasn't we have not moved on the right side. If you're enjoying this, please uh, like, subscribe. It helps the channel grow. We have above the law versus hard target. Uh now. this one's the easier one for me. He's still above the law. Yeah, because even though this was John Woo's like first American movie, it was still not that good. Um, I mean, and, do, you, yeah. do you remember him standing up on a motorcycle as it was uh, <laughs> like other than punching out a snake? He was literally uh, standing up on the motorcycle seat, mm-hmm. like with his hands up. Like, how can you? I mean, these are iconic scenes. Uh, close up of arrows. Uh, <laughs> it was as much as uh, like Robin Hood. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to think, too, the worst part is that this was the nucleus of uh, John Woo's American debut, but also it just his films worked overseas. It just did not work in the American market, you know, because I think he also does Mission Impossible, too, if I'm not mistaken. And then he did Broken Arrow, and it just he never clicked in with an audience. And Mm -hmm. just like just over the Christmas era, uh, John Woo had the that Christmas film that just was completely unforgettable. So, you know, somehow it just is his face overseas work just never worked in America, you know? Okay. But yeah, above the law wins this one, man. Um, on Deadly Ground versus Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier. I, I think, yeah. Just because uh, uh, Steven Seagal does a, a bad Native American for this yeah. one. Yeah, cultural we, appropriation. We can't, we can't give him that, man. <laughs> Sudden death mm. versus oh, no. for justice. Out for justice. It's out for justice for me, man. It's close, but I think out for justice, just like iconic 80s kick ass movie. Yeah. And it's Kelly tough. LeBrock in that one, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, was no, no, no. It's a different no. one. I think, yeah, or no, was I, it? I think it might be Kelly LeBrock in out for justice. Let's see. Let's see. I thought it was another one. Uh, no, no, this is the first one, ninety-one. The, the Kelly oh, okay. bracket, I think, is it's is the in the one. other bracket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This was his first one, ninety-one. With the he had the wife beater on, and his hair was like super mm-hmm. slicked back. Mm-hmm. And he, this is he was from like New York, and he was a cop. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, this it's out for justice. Well, you win, because uh, I would have said Southern Death, but. Uh... Out for justice goes. Okay. 
death warrant versus no retreat, no surrender. Mm. I'm going to say no retreat, no surrender. Yeah, even though he's the bad guy or whatever, but still. uh, He did a good job as a bad guy, though. Yeah, he's in the film. Mm -hmm. And not more than a cameo. Okay, so this is interesting because we have still a good mix of it's not like right now this bracket is one side of a Seagal or one side. So there's some evenness mm-hmm. here. Uh, okay, next is Above the Law versus Universal Soldier. I will say I enjoyed Above the Law a little bit better than Universal Soldier in this one. Mm. Yeah, Dr. Brilliant, this is a tough one. But, you know. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Universal Soldier. Okay. Uh, let's see. Above the Law got 50% Rotten Tomatoes, and Universal Soldier got 34% Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Whoa! I would so, have thought Universal Soldier would have been a little higher than that, man. So I'm wow. going to go with Above the Law. Okay. And now we have Out for Justice versus No Retreat, No Surrender. Again, I'm going to go with the uh, iconic Out for Justice. I got to go Out for Justice. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so now we have the final two, and they are both Steven Seagal. So John, John Club Van Damme on, on, on the bracket, on the first bracket, oh. we still have one bracket Uh-oh. left. Uh-oh. Uh, Steven Seagal has proven to have the two best films of this bracket. Wow. So it comes down to these two. Now check the scores on this one because it's been so long since I've seen both of these that I don't really remember which is which. Since well, it, out for justice and above the law might as well be the same title <laughs> pretty much well it's kind of unfair because like you know back then it's there's only like 22 yeah. reviews critics so we'll go by exactly. like an audience score out for okay. justice is 53 percent rotten tomatoes and above the law rotten tomatoes a little bit more on the critic side because it's a little bit newer 50 percent uh for critics and 48 audience mm. so it's it's pretty close yeah they're both kind of neck and neck um you know like i said i think uh, alfred justice's debut film and again i think that in which which film was a little bit better uh, i know he had a little bit more refining point but like no one expected alfred justice to like you know launch somebody's career and that's the only reason why I'll go with it. It's because it's the first time we're really introduced to him. Mm-hmm. We don't understand any of the, the habits or forms that he's done. And it wasn't like he had any catchphrases or anything. And so when you think of a performance for him, this is like one of his purest and first performances. And it shapes his entire career. So I'm going to say out for justice. I agree with that. Yeah, I'll go with out for justice. Okay, so out for justice is a winner of the first bracket and now on to the second bracket uh, uh pretty easy under siege versus weight of one. death we don't even need to do a rotten tomato score because we know under siege no. had a damn good one yeah no. he, he, he yeah. gets this you know i i got a bad feeling that van damme may be in some trouble here <laughs> we'll see uh, we'll see i who would have known i didn't think this was going to be the case no, who could forget whoa. double impact? Whoa. Wow, 
Wow. I, wow. Ooh. I don't even know what the hell the foreigner is. I've never seen well, it. So I can't. Was, all I know wow. is Double Impact was terrible too. So you, I yeah. mean, I do, I give kudos to uh, Van Damme for trying to play. I mean, it was, you know, the same character, but just well, must with different outfits. Hard on the, the cast and the crew and the directors because he had to do two performances that day. And that must have been a real murder for everybody else. Uh, I remember the foreigner, and the uh, foreigner is also kind of forgettable. But I can't ever watch Double Impact again. <laughs> I just can't do it. Oh come uh, on! It's Double Van Damme. It says yeah. so right there. It's, yeah, it's... I gotta go with Double Impact. As look, you know, it, he's he's really stretching. You know, I agree. Uh, I agree. Hair slicked back. It's like I'm look. Mean. I, I think if Forward, they would have just, I'm a good guy. I think it's because they couldn't get the the actual title rights to Double Dragon. That's why they call it Double Impact. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. You guys double win. Impact. Take take double take Double Impact. That's tough. It's not going to last long, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yes. boy. Yes. Now, Mark for Death is this is where he goes to Jamaica, right? Yeah. This well, yeah. He's, yeah, because remember his films were he there was there was some Jamaicans in the first movie. Did he kill some more Jamaicans? Then he goes to Jamaica to kill. Yeah, Jamaicans. he got he got so, something he got something he had a, to Jamaicans. He had some problems <laughs> in the first three films with Jamaicans. So I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I hate those guys that smoke the reefer. <laughs> yeah, but Ted Street Fighter Street Fighter was so bad <laughs> that the great Ross Julia never made yeah. it past that film. Man. It killed Raúl Julia. Wow. Wow, man. That movie, if there's ever, when we do this bracket again, the most disappointing video game adaption, because we probably have hundreds of those, but this got to Supreme to the top because I am a major Street Fighter fan. And I remember going to the theater, seeing this movie, and like almost having tears in my eyes on how bad this film was. Because I was like, wow, they just didn't even get any character right in that film. Mr. Wow. Storm. Mr. Yeah. Storm. I got I got a whole I got Mark for Death got a 27% Rotten Tomatoes. Are you yeah, telling me that I you think say... are you telling me Street Fighter got a worse Rotten Tomato score than 27 Oh, I know it did. I'm gonna guess 12%. I don't even think that. If there's ever a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, Street Fighter's gotta take it. It it, it got eleven percent right. I, I yes! knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because that movie is wow. It was such a disappointment. Like I said, again, I had played all the video games. I was obsessed with Street Fighter 2. This movie comes out, and I'm like, what did they? I Other than I think there was um, uh, there's a um, Dragon Ball movie that they made, and I was like, wow, that's like the modern-day Street Fighter. <laughs> it was like, wow. This, this, movie made Mortal Com- this movie made Mortal Kombat like uh, a yeah. Bruce Lee, Bruce hey. Lee film. I liked Mortal Kombat that first one. But no, but, but I'm saying it made it like a Bruce Lee classic. That's yes, how bad Street uh, Fighter was. And wow. I'll tell you, I'd rather watch Super Mario Brothers <laughs> than yes. this. Yes, <laughs> Bob yeah. Hoskins and Leguizamo. <laughs> so the, wow. I guess I guess the question of the night is: uh, Did your did your company work on the trailer for Street Fighter? I think uh, we did everyone. not. Yeah, Strangely okay. enough, okay. <laughs> it was okay. It was, it's so bad they wouldn't touch it. <laughs> so that's a... Mark for death. All right. Next is JCVD versus Today You Die. Easy one for this one. John yeah. Van Damme has a grasp on self-humor. And I, I give him credit. I think this is after 
<laughs> My man's killing us tonight. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gonna have to do some editing tonight. Because who would have known what <laughs> going on with his computer? This has gotta be maybe a service attack. Hey, do you think it's the service? I I don't know. It's because it's I've never had this happen. I've never uh, seen it happen except, either. you know, when we first first started uh, yeah. on here. So it, it might be, just be my internet. It could be because you know, again, no one was thinking that you know Thursday night, Friday night, probably a strong night to get the servers up. All right, so let's start again. Uh, so, who this is in "Today You Die" with Mister Seagal? Who I believe, I believe that's Trench from uh, the Naughty by Nature, uh, the rap group. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a, I thought that was a Wish version of one of the Wayans brothers. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Timu Wayans, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. almost. No, but um, I believe uh, J JCVD is after he did the Amazon uh, Van Damme series that he poked fun at himself. And, uh, you know, that's also a side note. If no one's ever seen that, you should watch it because he is absolutely funny as hell in this. But uh, JCVD, I, he just has a great job of mocking himself. And it's, it's, it's an enjoyable film. And I think that was his resurgence film if i'm not mistaken as well because that was heavily a lot of people walked away really surprised at how well that movie was yeah i mean i think we're underestimating the tagline here what seagal does in vegas nearly destroys it i mean well, how can you compete with that tagline that must be based off an autobiography because <laughs> i can see that really happening like yeah no it's it's, it's john claude on this one he's one yeah yeah Next up, kickboxer Ooh. versus out for a kill. I I uh, don't uh, remember out for a kill. It this sounds like, like one of I his remember movies. it. I remember but, it. Yeah, it's not. It was like his attempt to try to like do the out for justice, or mm -hmm. but it was really bad. And kickboxer yeah. is one of Van Damme's better films, so it's, it's not even yeah, close yeah. here. It's one yeah. of the ones where you see the most iconic uh, <laughs> images from. Is kickboxer. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. Next up, time cop versus contract. To I kill. remember contract. Kill. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> wow, I can't believe I sat through most of this crap. Whoa, like man. But this one's an easy one. I think uh, Doctor Brittany and, and and myself, we went to the theater to see Time Cop together, right? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Dark Horse comic. I remember and, that. Yes, uh, man, it was good, and it I was think good. this is probably his best movie as an all around as a movie. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so. I think so as well. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where it's it's it, it's one of the better. Um, comic book related films i don't know how accurate it is because i did read like the first issue of time cop and i thought it was dramatically different of what they got to the screen but mm -hmm. uh it, it's it's a great film and i was always surprised that he never quite came back for a sequel and they yeah. i think they did a tv series off of this that wasn't as well as what john claude van damme had done so yeah, Ron Silver is the bad guy, and Mia Sarah as his wife, and she was great too. Yeah, uh, playing like the different realities and stuff, and uh, it was really cool. So this gave me hope because now I know that John Claude and Stevens going to go head to head because for a while it looked like Stevens versus Stevens. So <laughs> wow, well, not, 
one of the uh one of the cooler uh posters as well uh and yes the one of the 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 infamous scenes of him doing the splits across the counters in that film too so yep, yep, yep. um yeah it, it you figure it would have catapulted him into a different but then he went and did more crap movies so it was kind of yeah very interesting but yep time cop uh clearly the winner here here's the one with kelly LeBron, hard to kill and I don't know what the hell this is—the hardcore, but Vivica A. Fox and Van Damme. I didn't well, even know they made a film. Now, now I know which one's the worst film. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> uh, you have Miss Miss Lifetime on it, the Vivica <laughs> Fox. So uh, I will say no. I remember Hard Kill. Yeah, this was this yeah. was the apex. I think of like before you knew, it, like he doesn't have too many of these left to to go. You know, but yeah, Hard to Kill is a great movie. Yeah, and I this think is that where was he like... was in a coma, right, for like forty years and woke up or something, right? <laughs> is this the one where he... I, I don't remember? I think so. He was like in a coma. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can this play is... coma. Well, <laughs> he's done that half his career. What are you talking about? Uh, next is Lionheart versus oh, Code of Honor. And I've seen Code of Honor too. Jeez, Christ! I can't believe I watched so many of these crap movies. You wow, got a lot but, of time on your hand to be well, able to watch these think, terrible, terrible movies. You know, you know what it is? I have terrible insomnia, brother. I'm up all night, so sometimes <laughs> crap just comes on, and you just feel it. But no, Lionheart's actually a better film. Yeah, yeah this I've is never underground fighting. Yeah. What was that now? Okay. This is yeah, the yeah, movie. He's like an underground fighter or something. Yeah, Lionheart, yeah. I think I remember yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh... Now, Under That's Siege easy. versus Stumble Impact. Very, very easy, easy one. Under Siege wins on that. Sorry, Double. Mark for Death in JCVD. 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 Yeah. Sorry, Jamaicans. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, Ooh this might be the toughest match. Oh. Yeah. Oh. This is a tough It one. is. This... Oh, my God. God, I have to go with Time Cop, but this uh, is really close because Kickboxer is probably his most iconic movie. I know that wow. people know him from. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it just did his dirty on this one. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, like it's, it's his most iconic film, but I think he his best acting is in Time Cop. <laughs> so I've got to go Time Cop as well. Wow. And do you agree, Chris, or yeah, uh, were you yeah. going to have? Yeah, yeah. It's this um, one. it's just like the con the concept, you know, like okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think hard to kill. In my I think opinion, to, is I think yeah, hard to kill yeah, does get this one as well. Ooh, uh, I... this one. While this one is is tough. But it's only tough because I like J- JCVD, but Under Siege is like Steven Seagal's best film. It is an all-around yeah. great film. And it's one of the only ones where you walk out the theater like, wow, that was pretty good. And then you're disappointed by the rest of his career. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Who Under wrote Siege. Siege? Who directed Under Siege? I uh, think it was the guy that did The Fugitive. Oh, okay. And that's, that, that gets a little point. Well, look, you know, he it's basically under siege. I remember through the conversations, people kind of said it was like truly the one diehard on the ship. And it yeah. technically was, if you want to uh, give him that kind of, 
you know, analogy, it is diehard on the ship, and you didn't need Bruce Willis in it, and it's extremely well. And while the other things, yeah, and it's just like you know, it's like all the acting was well. The the people that were in the um in the Pentagon uh, combat room, they're great. Uh, the you know, the, yeah. he has classic villains. Even just the the plan to take over the ship was a great plan. You know, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they they did it all very well. Yeah, under yeah. siege. Yeah, and this director he did do, um, he did do the Fugitive. Okay. Um, he did it's Andrew uh, something, right? Yeah, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Davis. He did a Code of Silence, the early Chuck Norris film. Okay. Um, yeah, he's done a he's done a few uh, interesting uh, films here. So. Um, the package with Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, okay, so like he, he's that. worked with Tommy Lee Jones a few times, but yeah, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is under siege. And now, um, Time Cop versus Hard to Kill. Time uh, Cop. Uh, yeah, I got to say Time Cop on this one. Now and I know uh, coming. Oh. this is tough. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, here's the oh. thing: is uh, under siege is. Uh, not just a good Steven Seagal movie. It no. is one of the best action movies mm-hmm. of all time. So, yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones was nominated for the Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that. Or was he? Maybe he was Not for no, this movie. I don't think. No, that was, no. no he was no, nominated he for, for The Fugitive. For The Fugitive, yeah. yes. But he was, yeah. he made, he made this movie, Gary Busey. Gary Busey's fantastic, um, man. I think yeah. Tom Cup, Tom Cup could have been better. Uh, yes. But Under Siege yes. was almost a perfect action well, film. Well, there's a difference. Yeah. Time Cop is, if you put it in the comic book films, it's a it's a great comic book adaptation of a film. But Under Siege is probably in the top 50 of best action movies of mm-hmm. its time. You know, so it's it's just unmistakably great. And it's one every time it's on, you can recite lines from the movie and you can watch it again and again. He, it's just a perfect film for Steven Seagal. I am very surprised, because we're going to end up with Seagal versus Seagal. We are. And I and did I, not think did that not was think going that. to happen. That's <laughs> probably because we didn't put the 50 DVD releases at Walmart. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing is, like, yeah. we we definitely have eliminated more garbage from Seagal's yes, portfolio we did. than we did, did Jean-Claude. But Steven Seagal had the better collection of films. It There's does. no question. Yeah. So wow. I think we're saying Under Siege and the Under final Siege, two yeah. is Under Siege it, versus Under Siege. Under Siege. And uh, so you know, is, if you winner. if you look at uh, if you look at wow. the uh, the bracket here, I know you had the final three of the four <laughs> of the Seagal movies. If you mm-hmm. look at the eight, it was Seagal, John Claude, Seagal. Jean-Claude, mm-hmm. Seagal, Jean-Claude. So it was a good mixture of but I'll say eight. It narrowed it down to the two, these two stars, action stars, best films. And like Time Cop is essentially Jean-Claude Van Damme's best film, best acting film, best overall written story for him. And Under Siege is also equally the best for Steven Seagal. So, but who would have thought, like, again, as we were laughing early in the week, we were like, oh, Seagal loses his hands down. Mm-hmm. And as we're going over these films, like, wow, like, you know, I, it yep. really kind of shocked me. You know, maybe yep. maybe we took the dude for, you know, we, we just took him for granted, maybe. You know, maybe he was, well, maybe he was better in error than we thought. Man. Look, uh, he can make his own hair grow back. So, he can. He can. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got more hair now than when he was 30. 
Yeah, I think his I, only uh, regret, I think that it would have been, it would have been nice to see him in the originals Expendables with, uh, you know, with yeah. all those great action stars. I think that's the only thing that I think that would be a regret is that it would have been nice to see him and all those stars together. There was too much ego to, to fit on the plane. True. The plane, the plane would have crashed uh, with, uh, with Seagal's ego on the plane. Um, so Steven Seagal wins this matchup, excluding the terrible the, – the, the portfolio of movies is clearly mm -hmm. the worst of Seagal. But the yes. best films is Steven Seagal. And now, inevitably, he will have to face the final boss, which is – Nicholas Cage and will he be able to survive <laughs> the series of Nick Cage films? Will we do a bracket elimination matchup? We will see, <laughs> but that could be a future episode. Nick Cage versus Steven Seagal, who well, had I, I, the best films. I know we were talking and then we were kind of going over things and letting like you know the audience in for a change, but uh, I know we were also talking about Arnold versus Sly. And whose career is better? So you know these bracket challenges has really worked. I think it opens discussion up, and it also brings you back to actually really thinking about the careers of some of these actors that now are kind of like going into the sunset. And um, you know, again, I, I like it, it opened my eyes a little bit more to, to appreciate the Steven Seagal. I will hand it down and say that I did some slander to Mister Seagal earlier, <laughs> <laughs> but. This kind of opened up my light that there was a lot of enjoyable moments that he was a part of, too. And it's equally the same as Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, the thing about those films, too, do you remember any of the characters' names in the films other no. than Under Siege? No, Casey I Ryback, right? Yeah. Like, I remember, like that's that. But every other, other film I had, no, I don't have a clue what there's mm -hmm. name their names yeah. were and it's the same thing with like if you think about arnold and sport and sylvester stallone films how many of them do you remember arnold's name and how many do you in conan. stallone's like conan Dutch, lambo rocky the name they, they do yeah they do have the more iconic names and familiarity that's right but, uh but, that's right. john yeah. matrix but I think I judge think, dread. I, I think with Seagal and Van Damme, we remember their moves and certain scenes. So that's what gives them a, yeah. a timeless element to them as well. You know, that's it's true. just like, you know, I remember we were laughing about the ones and duns and it was like, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, Kevin Speakman. And it was like, wow, he just had that one film. And I remember the scenes, but I don't remember anything that man has done after that or Jeff Speakman. I'm sorry. Uh, and, yeah. you know, what was, uh... in his explosive motion picture debut, Jeff Speakman is the perfect weapon. You know, it's just what sometimes you remember scenes. I think uh, Seagal and Van Damme have built very good scenes and not so many memorable characters. But, you know, Under Siege will be something I can watch a hundred times. Time Cop, something I could watch a hundred times. It's kind of fun to go back and look at these films and, again, just get an overall better appreciation of some of these actors that we have given major slander to over the last couple of years. And what Speakman was the perfect weapon? Perfect that weapon. It? That was the yes, movie, The Perfect, perfect Weapon. weapon. <laughs> perfect Weapon. Yes, One and Speakman done. is the perfect weapon. Mm -hmm. So, now, yeah. I don't you think, know. you know, I'm thinking about like those one and dones. Uh, that I might know. Be interesting. Concept. Michael Dudikoff. Michael <laughs> yeah. Dudikoff and uh, what was the what was the other guy's name? Um, uh, uh, there was uh, the Jim Cotta 
movie uh that with the gymnast no but what was the black guy in uh, american ninja steve james who was uh oh, it, was, yeah. it was him and michael dudikoff and he was just like ripped he was like ripped out of his mind corporal yeah. curtis jackson american yeah, ninja yeah. three <laughs> yeah, like, that those were great movies those were like but they made three of those and that was it you never saw they michael dudikoff mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. Uh, was that uh american ninja three domination or yeah. something like that <laughs> <It> was, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said we're gonna do one and done's bracket challenge because there's a lot of one and done's in this, in this industry too, you know. But they at least you know here's the thing we we are still talking about Mr. Speakman wherever he's at, so he just gets a level. He just burnt it to the back of your mind. So this was fun, man. I always like when we we come up with these elimination brackets. Here's an interesting thing. So originally the studio wanted Chuck Norris to star in American Ninja, but he didn't want to have to cover up his face. So they asked Michael Dudikoff, but he had no martial arts experience, but he was very athletic. So uh, that gives you some sense of... Makes sense. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Chuck Norris is like, I'm not wearing a ninja mask. I'm oh, Chuck hey, Norris. You know. I, he got to have that beard uh, yeah, visible. Exactly. No, you <laughs> can't <laughs> cover this moneymaker. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, it's made him billions of dollars in Texas Walker Rangers. So mm-hmm. like, you know, That's right. Got to give him credit on that. So, you know, hey, the man knows his style, man. Yep. Well, uh, this was fun. Uh, I, again, um, I'm shocked. I, I knew I knew that uh, Under Siege would be there, but I didn't know that Steven Seagal would have the best of films. But I hope you all enjoyed this uh, this episode of uh, the podcast. Again, we'll be live next week, 7 p.m. Pacific time, multi-streaming. You could find us here on the Shadow Nose Network. Uh, Mr. Chet Maddox will be back with us on a full recap of his uh, booze cruise with uh, James, Silent and Bob. Um, but as always, before we wrap up, uh, a note to our, our sponsors, Mr. Storm. Hey, well, like I said, again, if you're looking for, if there were ever action figures made to Steven Seagal or John Claude Van Damme, then I'm probably sure you could pop up at Toys vs. Games in Wilmington, California. They would have that because no major store is going to carry that stuff. But uh, small mom and pops you might be able to find some nostalgia, something back that you can't go into your local Targets, your Walmarts, and any of the stores to do. Uh, every week, we say thank you to our sponsors, Toys vs. Games. If you go on Instagram, it's toys, and the word, uh, not the entire word, just VS and games. So uh, check them out. Go over there. Spend some of that dollars. Don't always spend it for the big box stores. Let's help the mom and pops out. And if there's any other mom and pop stores out there that want to reach out and want to plug, Hey, we'll be more than happy to do that on the Shell Crew Network because we're small and we'd love to have help out the little guys as well. That's right, and uh, plenty of content on the ch- on the on the channels. So if you if this is the first time, uh, or, or maybe a few times that you've uh, listened in, uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff. Again, some classic retrospect series by Mr. Storm and Dr. Brantley. More to come, including a retrospect on the Indiana Jones and uh, films like it, which is very cool. So looking forward to that. Uh, in addition, uh, we've got the Toy Box Chronicles, Mr. Storm and Chet Maddox, uh, kind of spending uh, a good amount of time talking about the toys of the past, the present, the future, including last uh, episode, it was G.I. Joe versus Mask. It was. So for those of you who remember uh, the toys, including G.I. Joe, that's still popular, but uh, if you don't remember Mask, very similar. So that was a really good discussion. And then we got the retro uh, review um, show with uh, with Chet and I. Uh, take a look at it. We did toys 
1985 and 1986 kind of coming through ads talking about all that stuff and then soon uh to be posted on the channel we did a very exclusive deep dive into toys r us which i thought was a really fun episode uh dr brantley who gave us exclusive behind the scenes insight into his time uh with the company but uh that is going to be hitting the channel soon so I think everyone who's listening uh, has either uh, heard and or has spent a lot of time in the Toys R Us, so it's really interesting. But lots of other stuff, uh, new uh, Shadow Nose uh, toy finds. Uh, we got the the Tech Master, some wrestling recaps. So the channel channel's growing. Like, subscribe. We appreciate the follow. We appreciate you all tuning in. Drop us a comment. Uh, but that's all we have. Any last departing words? No, I apologize you know to Mr. Seagal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoke ill of him, and uh, I forgot some of the good stuff that he had done. Uh, I will say we're underappreciated. These two <clears throat> fine actors, and I just, again, any slander at this point, it's not the views of the Shadow Nose Network. It's personally my own. I like to apologize right now, right out the bat. Please forgive me, Mr. Seagal. Mr. Van Dam. I know you're watching. Thank you guys for your continued efforts in the action universe. Yeah. The Shadow Crew Podcast. <laughs>